Thank you, Connie. Um, we asked Joe and Mandy Galarza to be on the call today. And um, Mandy has uh, been working in Southern California. And Southern California, for those of you that don't know, mortgages are extremely high. You know, uh, a $700,000 mortgage in Southern California doesn't get you a whole lot of house. So, you know, mortgages were high, traffic is atrocious, and they made a decision to give up everything in Southern California and move to an undisclosed location in the South. And um, they loaded everything up and started across the country and left everything behind. And, and Mandy, I'd like to ask you why in the world you guys did that. Good morning, Dick and Connie. Um, thank, first of all, thank you for having Joe and I on the call this morning. Um, we had a lot of things come up in the last year and a half with working with Equus, and uh, we know for sure that this is our home. So being in Southern California, where we were born and raised, you know, like you said, the traffic is atrocious. I mean, whether we're door knocking, which door knocking in our area is not, you know, a 10-minute drive. It's can turn into a 45-minute drive just trying to get to the next house. Um, it's very spread out, and the mortgages are extremely high. Um, it's nothing to say that you're paying $700,000 for a house and you're lucky to get 2,500 square feet. So looking at that, um, Joe and I started really re-looking at our life and our children's life, which, as you know, we have three adult kids and uh, one still in school that's 12, and we said, look, we need to make a change. How do we make this change, and where is going to be the best place for us to do that? That's when we consulted with them. And then that's when Joe and I got on the phone with you and Connie, and we weighed very heavily on, you know, your suggestions, your advice. We started taking a lot of notes and started doing our research to where we thought would be the best place to move our family. Well, and it was interesting when this whole process started, because, yeah, they called, and we ended up coming up with three different locations that we thought would be good. Um, we even checked with Equus on one of them to see how they felt about it, put all three of those in the mix, and they made the decision to move uh, to the southeast uh, the week of the hurricane. So, But I pointed out to them, at least you're not going to have any earthquakes down there, or at least we don't think you are. Well, we want to congratulate you guys on, one, having the courage and the faith in Equus and in Connie and I to make that move, and uh, we really are excited and hope that this is going to be uh, the first day of the rest of your life, and it's going to be really great, you know. Uh, I did want to ask you, um, personal development, you guys have been really good students of the business. You've really uh, taken to heart a lot of the things we've shared with you, the things that Equus has shared with you. What are some of the things that you guys use for your own personal development to get better and better every day? Um, yes. So when we first started on with you guys, you know, you told us in our first conversation that personal development is huge. Having the right mindset is key. You know, this Barry says it all the time, you know, with this business, we can get kicked kicked in the gut, so to speak, and it's what we do afterwards with it. So it's very important for us to keep a positive mindset. So I think for us personally, books are a huge help. Um, we followed on with the summer tradition and jumped on to the Be Obsessed or Be Average by Grant Cardone. Um, you know, his positive, he's got a lot of positive things in there to follow. Um, you know, Joe's really good with reading as well. 
you know, and one of his good phrases in there is in chapter two where he says, obsession is your only option. You're only responsible for your success, and you're the only one that can settle for less, and that's exactly true. You know, we are responsible, and we can only, you know, be responsible for, you know, what we control, and sometimes there are things that come up in this business that we can't control, and it's what we do with it at that point. So, um I feel with books, they're really good energy-wise because we can go back, highlight them, use Post-its to refer back to things that, you know, we can hold true to our business and what we're doing. Um, I also think that podcasts are helpful. You know, Joe and I spend a lot of time. I don't know as much now in our new home, but we spend a lot of time in the car driving. And so... With that downtime, I feel like the podcasts are really helpful listening to audio. Um, we can just choose random ones, or we have certain specific ones that help us um, personally. So um, I do feel also, so before we get on the phone and we do our dials and we make our phone calls, that's usually obviously when we're at home for the most part, we'll always jump into the Equus Training Center and we'll listen to Bill Martin for a little bit, kind of get our minds right there. Um, just doing that gives you the extra little umph you need when you're on the phone, you know. Sometimes you get beat up on the phone a little bit, so uh, Bill Martin helps put that into perspective a little bit as well. Um, Joe's really good with our appointment setting, so uh, I definitely give that to him. Well, you – yes, Joe. No, go ahead. I mean, okay. exactly right. So every every time I dial – um, without exception, I listen to Bill Martin's, uh, you know, dial, dials, live dials every single time, and it makes a difference. So sometimes you'll forget something, and it's just a good refresher and kind of keeps you on track and, you know, what you're going to say. So I, I do it every single time. I never miss. That is awesome. And I think, you know, that's the price of the phone call right there. You got your money's worth just with that recommendation there, guys, um, Absolutely. because it does make a difference. And now we also talked last night, you know, when you set the appointment and you got somebody 69 to 75 years old, you know, podcast number 17 on equity protection. I think that's mm-hmm. another one that you guys have relied on heavily with some of your older clients. Uh, how does that usually play out for you? Um, I I think, like you said, having that really makes a difference. Um, it puts things in perspective because, you know, we there's so much that we are doing that it kind of helps bring us back to where we need to be for certain clients. Um, another one that's really, really good that we rely on heavily is uh, the Sylvester Team Podcast number 52. When you're faced with objections, if you go through that and you listen to the appointment setting and verbatim, you know, all three gentlemen on the call that day, they go back and they say the same thing repeatedly, and it really makes a difference. You know, when you're on the phone and you're trying to set an appointment and somebody will come up with a reason why they don't need you to come out, go through these uh, podcasts, and they're tremendous. They're tremendous help. So I would suggest anyone that maybe hasn't used them yet at this point, definitely get on them because they really are a game changer. Um, Joe and I had another... Uh, client that we talked with you about in regards to the accident plan and that was uh, podcast 112 with Dave Crocker and that was a huge difference for us as well because before listening to Dave Crocker I would have never even thought to go for the accident plan for this client 
but sometimes our clients are faced with different health conditions or they want a larger amount and there's just reasons we can't get that for them, but having those accident plans back in the back of our tool bag, so to speak, is really helpful. And, you know, these podcasts are great reminders of all the things that are available to us. That's an excellent point, uh, Mandy. And one of the things I think we as agents have a tendency to forget is, yes, you have to die with them from an accident, and, and some of the plans are 90 days, some of them are it's a year. But when we put these plans together, uh, especially the one with Mutual of Omaha, and you do have to have a health license to do that one, but we have another one that you can get if, if you that's not available to you. When you stop and think about that, that that takes that person all the way to age 80. And, you know, there is a need for it when you're in your 40s and 50s. There definitely is because of car wrecks and what have you and uh, teenage drivers. But how many 80-year-olds, 75, 79-year-olds fall, and that fall results in a death? So we're and, – and those are some of the key points that we need to point out to these people. Yes, this may not be something that you need or will use at a younger age, but this could be huge for your family at an older age. So, again, this is all the mindset change, and I must admit that's a mindset change for the majority of us because we weren't thinking in terms of falling when you're 75 until you get in your 60s. You know, and then you start seeing that happen. Thank you very much. And the overcoming objections is a great one. One of the things that you're hearing here, and it's these guys turning their car into a rolling university. And everybody on the call today has access to the same thing. There is so much information that you can at your fingertips. But guys, you you know the world is at your feet, but you got to bend over and pick it up. And you're you're hearing a, a testimony to that today. Um, now you guys were off for a week for the move. How did it feel when you guys got back in the field this week? Uh, it was definitely interesting. Um, you know, Joe and I talked to you a little bit about that as well. We got out there, and it you know, so to speak, it's almost like we were all thumbs. Um, it felt good to get out there, but even being at the doors, it it kind of made us chuckle when we got back in the car and we thought, what in the world? And, you know, we know how to do this. We've been doing this now for a year and a half, but just having that little bit of break really made a difference. And so we just are trying to regroup here and, and get ourselves put back together. But um, we're very, very happy with the decision we made. Um, it was a big leap of faith to come out here um, to the South. Everything's very different. Uh, I will say it's, it's a nice change when you get to the door because even if they don't let you in, they're very pleasant about it. Uh, California, not so much. <laughs> and, and, to tell you, and to tell you how quick this move was, we literally made a decision to do it. Uh, we talked about it, and two weeks later, we're driving on the road. So that's how fast we made the decision to move out here. 2,300 miles, our adult kids put in transfer because they said we're, you know, we believe in you. Uh, you're taking a leap of faith. We're not going to have you go without it. We're coming to and 2,300 miles and our five dogs and two cats and even our fish made it all the way out here. So <laughs> we're, we're very blessed, that's for sure. Okay. But, I'm not going to go into how the fish made the trip, oh but okay. <laughs> I think there might be a book coming. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to ask you, too. You guys were not able to attend uh, the last convention. 
because of health reasons. What are you looking at most and looking forward to most in the uh, January convention that's coming up? Uh, so much. Uh, we had our tickets purchased to go, and we were literally going to see a client right before, uh, probably I'd say four or five days before a convention, and it was very hot out in Southern California, 110 degrees. I had gotten a flat tire, and I looked at Joe, and I said, come on, we're in front of a, what well, we have, I don't know if they're out here yet, but it was a ride aid, and I said, let's go get an ice cream while we're waiting for the tow guy to come out. And we had to have our tire completely changed. So we said, okay, so we get out of the car. We go walking into the store. So I thought, and I heard Joe's phone hit the floor. And I turned around, and my husband here is crawling on the side of our car. So real quickly, my whole life changed in an instant. And Joe ended up getting hospitalized five days before convention. And I knew at that point there was no way we were going to make it. So I'm disappointed, yes, but knowing that my place was with him and to take care of our family, that's what we had to do. Um, so we turned to you guys and told you we weren't going to make it, and we were deeply saddened. Still in the hospital. Um, Joe was still in the hospital when convention started, and um, we missed out on a lot. We missed out on all the technology and all the breakthroughs that came out, and it was explained to our teams. Um, the fact that there's a lot of training going on with the carriers that we were looking forward to, uh, also the activity tracker. I mean, there's just so many extras that you can only get by going to convention. And I think the biggest thing that we missed out on that we had from the convention before was just being surrounded by so many top producers and there's so many different ideas that come out of convention. And our team alone, just the camaraderie of being together really, really makes a huge difference. Um, you know, we discussed it. And, I mean, hearing Robert's call when he came back, with John Kite, just the conversation he had and him sharing that little nugget of information with our team in regards to um, being able to make the phone call and when you have to leave a voicemail, you know, we've always been taught not to leave voicemails, but just hearing the difference. I've probably listened to Robert's call that day easily 50 times since, and I've written notes, and it's really worked. It's made a difference in our business. So, you know, if anyone's even on the fence about convention, I would say you jump over it because the ticket alone is worth its weight in gold and you cannot get from the, just a single phone call everything you're going to soak up in those three days. Well, that's, you know, that's really some great information, and I'm, I'm encouraged to, about your excitement over that. I know you came back from the last convention that you were able to attend all fired up, and you saw the value of going there. And I just want to ask, this is an off-the-cuff question, but uh, hold on a second. I wanted to ask you an off-the-cuff question. I I heard a little bit of a conversation yesterday you were having with Dick about some inexpensive flights. Um, (laughs) Is that worth sharing sharing on the phone? Um, Absolutely. I would say, you know, when it comes to purchasing travel and things like that, um, our kids, they're in their early 20s, so they spend a lot of time on the Internet and social media. I mean, a lot of people do, but they were looking and they said, you guys will not believe this. And I said, what? Now, coming from Southern California, I mean, we shared this with you when we came to convention last August. Flights are very expensive. I mean, it's nothing to say $600 for one person to fly from Southern California easily to Florida. And so Joe and I also had that expense and we had to do that times two because we're in this together. You know, he's my partner in this business. 
So we all we go together. So the kids were looking, and they said, in case you guys haven't noticed by just looking at our little message there um, in group me this morning, we are in southern South Carolina. So we're much closer to Orlando than we were. So we just changed the SC from uh, Southern California to SC for South Carolina, but we're much closer. And our kids saw flights for, they said, $39 to get to Orlando. And that is unheard of. So um, be be mindful and watch the flights, um, even if you're thinking about it this far out. I mean, you're going to go anyways. You might as well book your flight now. Yeah, guys, she did say $39. So keep that in mind. Uh, I think everybody, when the call ends today, ought to get on there and start checking it out. I do want to remind <laughs> you, that you're not that far from Charlotte. Uh, I don't think where you live now. So keep an eye on some of those ETCs up there. Kite will be doing those, and um, uh, there's going to be some good good meetings and good training for you in that area. Hey, I wanted uh, to close out. You guys have, you know, we talk a lot about living a life of significance and uh, really the impact we have on people's lives. And you had a case that you really felt good about, that you felt like you got a lot of satisfaction um, by helping the client. Why don't you tell us real quick how that happened and what the result was from it for you? Absolutely. Um, We have a gentleman that we helped. I mean, we've had a lot of clients throughout this journey, and um, this one's pretty near and dear to our hearts, and he, for one reason, is because as I shared with you and Connie yesterday, you know, Joe and I are an open book, and I think that's one of the things that helps so much when we are in these homes with our clients, is when they feel that we can relate to them and their stories, not only are we more believable, but the trust that goes into us, even what they, the faith they have in us, they really believe that, and so in turn, we share Joe's story. And for those of you that don't know, Joe has renal failure. And so um, our, our journey is a little different, it's a little tougher. So we have to be real mindful of his health and that we had a client in the same situation. In fact, the first time we actually had to go see him twice. The first time we went to see him, he had just gotten home from dialysis. And in conversation with him, I sat with him, Joe and I did with him and his wife and with his nine-year-old grandson, and, you know, he got really tired, so we ended up having to leave. We came back another day to discuss with them and finish everything up, but in turn, in doing so, he told me, you know, um, Mandy, you wouldn't believe, on the second conversation, you wouldn't believe, you know, I've, I've had five agents here, and, you know, I just, I don't know if I'm real comfortable, like, I'm, I'm not ready to do this. Uh, you know, I need to think about it. And I turned to him and I looked at him and I said, Robert, what is it that you need to think about? You've told me you've had five agents in here and I'm number six and you know that you need this coverage. Your wife needs this, your grandson needs this. So what could you possibly need to think about? And he just kind of sat there. And we looked at it, and I didn't say anything because Joe's taught me from way back when. He goes, the first person who speaks always loses, so you can be quiet, and you, you just let him sit on that. So that's what I did, and, I, and he just kind of looked at his wife and looked at me and looked at Joe, and he, we looked over to Grandson watching cartoons, and, and he goes, well, you're right. And I said, so why don't we just take care of this today? I said, I have to put an application in anyways, and they have to say yes. Um, now, mind you, I couldn't go after a traditional policy with him because he wouldn't qualify. We all know that we, with renal failure and dialysis, there's no way. 
So we knew that we were going to have to do a guaranteed product, and this is where Dave Crocker's advice comes in. I also knew that an accident policy was going to be good for him. And so I suggested that because they wanted more coverage than I could get them with the guaranteed policy. So he looked at me again, and he goes, do you know how many times over the past year, few years I had turned down an accident policy? And I said, I absolutely understand. I totally agree with you. But you know what? That door has shut. Your journey has changed. This is what we can do for you now. And I said, this is what I can offer you. And he goes, well, I understand. I said, I'm not offering you anything that I wouldn't do myself for my husband. I said, this is the best I can do. And with you driving your grandson all the time, because he's the primary um, transportation for his grandson going to school, I said, your wife's very concerned with that. And I said, so if something happens while you're driving the car, you know, and you're out and about with your grandson, at least you know that your wife is going to get the coverage she needs. And she looked at me and she looked at him. She goes, I want to do this, Robert. And I said, it's up to you. And he goes, all right, let's do it. So that day I walked out of there with a man who was turned away five other agents. He wanted something more than what he knew he would qualify for. As far as in his mind, he settled, but he trusted in the fact that he knew that I was doing what was best for his family. And that, yeah, I connected with him on a different level, almost as if I would with my own grandfather. You know what I mean? So it was just a different experience, and he's probably by far one of my favorite clients that we have. Guys, for those of you listening on the call today, what you just witnessed is very subtly, Mandy put him in a position that he had to defend his position. And it was indefensible. I mean, it was indefensible when you stop and think about it. His wife is sitting there thinking, if you get killed in a car wreck, as Dave Crocker says, because some teenager's texting, I'm, I'm on the street. He could not defend his position to think about it, and it just made sense to move forward. But she did it in such a way that she was not really aggressively confronting him. She wasn't belligerent about it. It was just a matter of fact. What in the world is there to think about if you can get qualified for this? Guys, you have done a great job. I want to thank you so much. You've knocked it out of the park, and we we just appreciate everything that you – because I know you put time together on this to make sure that uh, you came across well today, and you did, uh, you've done that. Uh, I wanted to go over a couple of things today with you, and, and guys, this is – uh, if you're not haven't taken notes already, please do on this next part. Saturday, I walked into a house, and the couple had two good mortgage protection policies. At the time they bought them, they were the best they could get. Uh, she has orphan benefits through Foresters. He does not. And his return of p- premium plan does not have foreclosure protection benefits. Uh, at the time they bought the uh, uh, plan through Foresters, they did have a return of premium. So both of their policies are return of premium. However, when I got there, I asked him, you know, I, oh, what we did is we got the policies out, we looked at them, I made a list of what they had, the cost, so that they could see how much they were spending already, so it was very clear. So when it came time to ask for money, they could see real quick, well, we could afford this amount more. So that was that preparation while I was there uh, made a huge difference for them. And I asked him this question after we got everything listed out there. I said, you know, John, 
if you can't work for six months to a year because of cancer, stroke, or heart attack, what would happen to your home? Pause. Who would make the house payments? And guys, it was a deer in the headlights look on his face. The next question was, if something happens to Mary first, the orphan benefits are no longer in force. Would there be enough money for someone to raise your children and send them to college if you didn't come home because of a car wreck or a heart attack? And again, that deer in the headlights look, no. And I'm going to go back over these questions for you in just a minute. If we could take care of both of these issues with one plan for somewhere between a dollar and two dollars a day, would you like to move forward with taking care of this? And two and a half year hours later, I got a yes. Now, please note when we go back through, this is literally how the process took place. They were somewhat familiar with orphan benefits because of her having that plan with Foresters, but I did not sit down and go over orphan benefits, foreclosure protection, or anything. I just asked four questions. I wasn't selling. I just asked these four questions. And making sales with us, for those of you, especially the new people, and those of you that have been around a while that we have a tendency to complicate things, making sales with our system is as simple as four questions. Now, what were the questions? Well, the first one was, if you can't work for six months to a year because of cancer, stroke, or heart attack, what would happen to your home? Guys, that went right to the heart of the issue, right there. And then, who would make your house payments? The reality of the, the situation they were in was right before them, but it wasn't before them in such a way that was you know, confrontational. It was just, oh my gosh, now I'm aware. That deer in the head's like look was priceless. Um, and then the, the third question, if something happens to Mary first, the orphan benefits are no longer in force, would there be enough money for someone to raise your children and send them to college if you don't come home because of a car wreck or a heart attack? And the answer was no. And then the fourth question is, if we could take care of both of those issues with one plan, for between a dollar and two dollars a day, would you like to move forward? That's as simple as it was. Those four questions. Now, why do I always include in you every every call you hear me talk? I always am talking about if you don't come home because of a car wreck or a heart attack. Now, there's a psychology behind that because in this situation here, I'm not selling accident coverage, and he's not planning on having a heart attack. You know, that's far remote. He's been to the doctor. He's healthy. The doctor's told him so. But I don't care who you are. You know, a car wreck is right around the corner for all of us. And sometimes it doesn't turn out well. And, and, and you can't argue that because it could happen to anybody. So that's a reason for that. Now, why are the four questions important? Well, first off, it gives you a position of posture, a position, and then ask. And what do I mean by that? Well, posturing, when you posture things, you're not selling. Because you're just pointing out if a situation concerns them, should we deal with it? So you're posturing there. The position is, what does life look like if something happens? 
See, if we posture right, you're posturing yourself not as a salesperson but as a consultant just bringing the information. Then the position is something happens, what does life look like? That's where you get the deer in the headlight look. And then ask them, does that concern you? If the answer is no, shake hands, fold the book up, and head to the house. But usually if we've done a really good job of that, that's not going to be the situation. Yes, it does concern them. Or, as Mandy pointed out, with the couple she was talking about, the wife said, I think we should do this. Did it concern him? Probably not enough to make the decision that day because he didn't want to make a decision without talking to her to make sure she was on board with it. But the way Mandy structured that question and and pointed that out, the woman jumped right in and helped. So right there, and, uh, Mandy needed what we call a TO, somebody that will high-pressure him. And Mandy didn't want to be the high-pressure person, so she gave the wife the liberty and the information to pressure him. Honey, I think we should do this. So that's what selling is all about. It's exposing the pain coming up with a solution and putting somebody in a position to make the decision for that person. That's what this is all about. Now, on uh, Friday night, I was in another case, and I have to, I'm like Mandy, I have to thank David Crocker for this one. Uh, I went to a, a client of mine who moved from Virginia to Maine, and they were visiting their daughter in Charlottesville and called me. Their current policies expire in three years, very, very inexpensive, uh, when they expire, they need some other coverage. And so when I got there, I just sat down with them. I did the same thing with them. I outlined what they had, when it went away, and what life looked like then. And um, I just said, you know, guys, when, when you leave Maine to come back to Virginia, what's life look like? What do we need? And they, she says, well, we need something for burial you know, some, some coverage there. Uh, we'll probably have a small mortgage somewhere in the neighborhood of seventy-five dollars to $100,000. And, um, you know, I said, you know, six months to a year of payments, they really have got a bunch of bills over the next six to 12 months that they can't afford to get any additional coverage of any consequence because the prices are a lot higher. And you know what's sad about this one? I did everything but stand on my head and spit wooden nickels to get them to buy a 30-year term when they bought the 20-year, and he remembered it. He said, you told us at the end of 20 years, if we want, wish this thing went another 10 years, it was going to cost us a small fortune, and boy, it does. And uh, I said, well, we did the best we could at the time, so now we got to move on. And uh, when they told me that they couldn't do anything, I said, I have one area of concern right now. And they both kind of looked at me kind of funny. I said, do you still clean your own gutters? He looked at me like the deer in the headlights again, like, yeah, wide-eyed, like, what difference does that matter? I said, well, seniors are somewhat prone to fall, and if you fell while cleaning those gutters and something bad happened, what would life look like? And the look on their face was priceless. And I said, most people in your situation are protecting themselves from careless drivers, teens texting, and unintended falls by cleaning gutters and other things. Does it make sense to protect yourself all the way to age 80 now while you qualify for somewhere between a dollar and $2 a day? 
and they both looked at each other, and she and he was wanting to say, well, and she said, I think we need to do this. Just exactly like what Mandy ran into with Robert, that client in California. And for both of them, it was $53 a month for 100,000 coverage, $613 in APV, and they were absolutely thrilled. Now, when they come back at Christmas or Thanksgiving to visit the kids again, I think I'm going to get in and have an opportunity to sell each of the children some mortgage protection because they still have two kids, one that lives 30 minutes from me and another one that lives about an hour and a half to two hours from me. So these are two cases here that you heard we asked questions to get the sale. We didn't tell them what it is. We just asked questions to determine the pain. <laughs> 